everybody, and welcome to I'm Frickin' Lonely. How about you staying connected in the time of COVID? I'm your host, Sheila Nall, once again coming to you from the room above my garage in Princeton, New Jersey, where we've been listening to people's stories about how their lives have been impacted by the pandemic. Today, I hope we continue to learn ways in which to adapt and perhaps redefine what is truly important in response to the ever-changing environment that surrounds us. Today, I'd like to welcome our guest, Lauren Krauss-Malave. Lauren is co-owner of her family's business, Safe Vince, and is a speaker and meeting coordinator for an endocrinologist. Maybe that gives you a little insight into the virus? I don't know. <laughs> she also has a deep background in the fashion industry. I met Lauren through the Princeton Fox Project, which, if you've listened to pr- previous episodes, featured prominently in my efforts to stay engaged with like-minded people during the past two years. So we'll talk about that more in a minute. But from what I know of Lauren, loneliness is not something she's had to deal with much over the past two years. She's blessed with a large and loving and tight-knit family. And now that I know her better and I've also met her wonderful mom, I can say what's not to love. Thanks, Lauren, for agreeing to join us today and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me. Um, I grew up in, I'm I'm familiar with the Princeton area. We've lived in the area for 30 plus years. Um, So currently I'm in Lawrenceville raised in West Windsor. And I work from home uh, for an endocrinologist, speaker and meeting coordinator of pharmaceutical events. Not as exciting as my previous years in fashion. Um, Worked in the city for Oscar de la Renta, uh, Betsy Johnson. But yes, so now I'm settled with my husband and my bonus daughter in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Nice. And your dog. And my dog, Robbie. Robbie's so cute. (laughs) Yes, I got Robbie during the covid pandemic. And I hear from a lot of people that I know that work in animal shelters and such. Unfortunately, a lot of people got dogs and then a lot of dogs got returned. But I've heard that same thing. It's really sad, but yeah, yeah, there's no way Robbie's going back. No, Robbie's going nowhere. (laughs) He made it all the way down to the suburbs from Harlem. He's, he's not going back. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, back to just briefly, you know, because my listeners are probably sick of hearing me talk about the foxes. But um, <laughs> anyway, one of my favorite activities was, was you know, saving the foxes in 2020. But it, it actually expanded into 2021 when, you know, I heard from you or actually you had reached out, I guess, to the Fox Project because you've seen a sick fox in your backyard and yeah. one of your friends Yes. Knew about us or? Yeah, my <clears throat> my friend Tawanda was visiting and I she works at Easel. She volunteers at And Easel is um it's it's based in Ewing, so they are it's a rescue mm, animal. Yeah. Um, they animal do rescue. adoptions and such. Um, she focuses on cats, fosters a lot of cats, but volunteers some time there. But when I pointed out the fox, she just happened to be over visiting and she said, Oh, I think he has mange and I was like, What? What's mange? Uh, you know, I just <laughs> I just thought he looked a little wet, you yeah. know, he just looked a little sad. Yeah. But um, then she said, I, I, I'll find some people, you know, we'll get this taken care of. And so then she gave me your information and that was that. I think she sent it over in about, and I thought she was going to get back to me in a couple of days. It was a matter of like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> she takes her work very seriously, which is awesome. Well, and then I made my way over there with my meatballs. With your meatballs. And, yeah, so... That was a lot of fun, and we sat and had tea while we waited and saw yes. the little guy come by. But, you know, I set up material cam over the next, what, couple months it yeah. was, and um, sadly, the the sickest of the foxes had too much competition. He had yeah. a raccoon and a possum, the local cat, another fox, and yes. he looked like, after we really looked at the images, he 
didn't get his share of the meds. He's pretty sick, yeah. So we, we didn't it's have pretty active back there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, wildlife. it was also really interesting to see what all was back there because you had no idea. Right, I didn't. <laughs> I had no idea real? what was going on in my backyard while I was sleeping. It was a lot of action. Oh, yeah, too funny. But uh, anyway, so, you know, generally what we've been trying to do is sort of track back what you were doing when the pandemic first started. Of course, it's two years later. We're in our fourth wave. It's kind of hard to remember what was going on in February, March of 2020. But Yeah, well, I remember being in the supermarket and my sister was supposed to come visit from Texas in March. And she called me the week before and she said, hey, did you hear about this, you know, coronavirus? I don't even know if they were calling it that then probably not they were calling it the china virus they were calling it something (laughs) i don't know yeah i don't even remember what they were calling it but it wasn't i don't think it was coronavirus yet but anyway she said oh you know my father was very much looking forward to seeing her as he does and so she said i'm gonna come and she's got a son who's he was in first grade at that time and so she was kind of nervous but almost feeling like she was feeling pressured by my dad and so she was kind of calling me because she knows I'm the strong-willed one who will (laughs) tell my father no um I'm the one out of the four of us who'll do that and so I said if you feel uncomfortable don't come Mm -hmm. you know you're not going to enjoy your visit you're going to be worried it's not even worth it you know and so she actually decided not to come and Good thing she didn't because they closed down the airports the next week. So I don't even know if she would have gotten back, to be honest with you. Well, and the Northeast really, uh, aside from California, was the first to be hit so hard. Right, right. Yeah, so people were afraid to come. Yeah. <laughs> come to New York airports. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't see her. It had already been six months. So we didn't see her until I think a total of, you know, it probably was a, almost two years. It was six months we hadn't seen her. And then she waited another year and some change to actually come back. But. Well, you had also mentioned that you were about to launch a business in home yes. decor. So how was yes. that impacted that? Yes. So I was supposed I've to heard of other businesses that were sort of you know, yeah. nipped in the bud, at least temporarily. Absolutely. So I was planning on launching that April. Um, but of course, everything kind of got shut down in March. So my business, which is now going to be launching in this April, Yay. hopefully, thankfully, um, is home decor and home organization. So obviously, no one was going into people's houses. And right. so... So I kind of tabled that. In the meantime, our our family business that my husband primarily runs, Safe Fence, is a home business as well. And right, so that's right. He was not able to go to work. So that's that was a little bit scary at first. You know, you you have some savings, you have you know support, but you didn't know how long it was going to last right. and what the effects were going to be and when you were going to be able to get back into someone's house. So it was a it was a rough. It was a tense couple months, you know, mm-hmm. besides for the obvious. You don't want to get sick. You're in the grocery store. I, I was mainly the grocery store runner like I usually am. But um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I remember I was out at some store and I found Lysol and like I text you know, like my mom, my sister-in-laws, my, you know, my best friend. I'm like, on CVS, on Route 33 over in Hamilton. I mean, you know. It was it was a little it's like sending out the scouts. Yeah, yeah. and like There's when you found paper at the Walmart, Jen, <laughs> when you won. when you found it, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, you're the best!" It was like, yeah, like oh, I found toilet paper. Well, it's exciting that you're going to get to start your. Um, I'm so excited your business, but um, you know, for a lot of the people, the pandemic's really sort of messed with their family relationships and uh, and friendships, even and yeah. you know, causing rifts and stuff. Did you have any of that kind of issue in your family, or are you just able? 
I know that you have such a tight knit family. How did the pandemic yeah. impact your ability to have your yeah, you know, time it's, yeah, together? It's, it was difficult. My one brother and his family are in, in Princeton area, and then my other brother in the Robbinsville area, and and then my parents in West Windsor. So every Sunday we usually get together at someone's house for dinner or whoever's child has a sporting event, whatever is going on a birthday. And so it was a big thing not to see everyone. So we did Zoom calls on Sundays, with including my sister down in Texas. Uh-huh. We did that. And then we evolved to playing games on the Zoom calls, you know, just trying to give the kids some interaction and something to do and something to look forward to because they got restless in the house. And then eventually it kind of evolved to going on Sundays to someone's house outside. Mm. So we would still distance each mm-hmm. other from each other, but we would bring our own chairs, folding chairs, and kind of sit in a group, you know, whoever was in whatever family, you know, about 10, 15 feet apart from each other. But just seeing everyone's faces and the kids getting out, you know, and getting some how fresh many kids, air. Uh, so, I mean, how many so, yes. family units? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so... It would be my parents who live by themselves, obviously. And then my brother in Princeton has two girls. And then my brother over in Robbinsville has three, but his grown son is, you know, was away um, at college. But his two younger boys, those two. And then me, my husband, and my um, bonus daughter. She's my daughter by marriage. Mm-hmm. We've been married for, for uh, 11 years, and she's 13, so she's... She's like my, she is my daughter as well. Yeah, for sure. um, (laughs) Yeah, and then my sister-in-law's parents who also live in Princeton. So that was kind of, that's our usual clan. Mm -hmm. And See, um, that's really something that after I first met you really jumped out to me is just so really cool because it's so different from me. You know, we don't have any family close at all. You Mm -hmm. know, they're all scattered to the four winds, except for my daughter being in Philly. But um. So I just think it's something that I'm kind of jealous of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're welcome anytime. Um, <laughs> but yes, we've been blessed in that way. The only one missing is my sister, but she's with us in spirit, of mm-hmm, course. Yeah. And, and when we can get on the Zoom and when she comes to visit. But yeah, we're an eclectic bunch. And my younger brother is married to his wife, Kiara, and they've been together since they were in high school. So oh, she, wow. to me, is like a little sister to me. Sure, because you've know. really known her for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, like they got married on their, their like, I want to say their 10-year anniversary. Of like the first date? <laughs> of like, yeah, exactly, from eighth grade, you know. So, and <laughs> so she is part of the family, so her parents are um, part of our family, too. And then my brother married a woman, Adriana. His name's Adrian. It's Adrian and Adriana. And she had a son previous to getting married to my brother, but he is my nephew and my brother's son. And then they had two sons together. So, um, so yeah, and then my husband and his <laughs> father. Yeah, and we're pretty eclectic. So my brother, Adrian, his wife is born in Colombia. And, um, and then my background is that my father is white, Caucasian, he's German and Polish, and then my mother is African-American, black, and then my brother married, so Adriana from Colombia, and then my other brother, his wife is, uh, her mother is Japanese, and her father's Caucasian, he's German, so we are just uh, Oh, you're a melting pot, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had talked a little bit about how that impacts your gatherings, and your sharing of traditions, and 
food and that kind of thing. It's pretty interesting. Yes. So we have my sister-in-law, Kiara, who's more got a Asian, more Asian influence, her mother being Japanese. And so there's bao buns and, um, you know, all sorts of traditional Japanese food. Her mother is a wonderful cook and she taught my sister-in-law well. My brother likes to get busy in the kitchen too. He's, He's pretty good. And then my Sister-in-law on my older brother's side is obviously a lot of traditional Colombian food, rice mm-hmm. and a lot of different pork dishes and such. And then my husband is, um, he is, his father is Puerto Rican mm-hmm. and his mother is black. So a lot of his, he doesn't cook too much, but my father-in-law makes a lot of beans and rice and that type of thing. I cook a lot of soul food in Italian. Um, I don't. I think that just came <laughs> that, in because I really enjoy Italian food, and not so much. That was an, that was uh, a very surprising sentence yeah, right there. A lot of soul food and Italian. Like, that's that's what was missing. You know, that was it. That's it. That's all. You got it all, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, you were also talking about. You know, we talked about family, but you were, um, you know, since you were planning that business, but uh, how did you get involved with the endocrinologist? And that work was able to continue during yes. the Yes, so I've always, so once I left fashion and came back um, from North Jersey, New York area, moved back and got married, I got into pharmaceuticals because it's pharma land down here. It is indeed. And <laughs> yeah, there's no um, fashion houses down here. So cool. I switched, <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, well, it's a point of view. Dress barn. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> right, TJ Maxx. Such. So my mother has been in pharmaceuticals for 30 years. My brother is in pharmaceuticals. And so I was like, okay, you know, so my degree is fashion marketing. So I went into the marketing side and, and bought that into pharma. And then um, I decided to leave pharma because I didn't, like sitting behind a desk, you know, I did it for a while, it was okay, I can do it, I'm educated, but it was like, like robotic to me, and mm. it wasn't passionate to me, and so I decided to um, work for an endocrinologist that actually my mom introduced me to, and I could work from home, and then also with my daughter being younger, it was nice to be able to be home with her after school, and so I worked from home on my own schedule, so just for him, and so I was able to be flexible go to school stuff, go to dance, volunteer at school, and um, make dinner. I love cooking, so being home and doing all those things. So I've been with him for six years now. That's cool. Well, um, because he's an endocrinologist, did he have any insights into all of this? You know what? Um, we we don't really talk COVID. I, I really <laughs> don't talk to him too often, to be honest with you. It's a it's a text message here. He's always busy. He works for a hospital system, but then he also does, being that he's a key leader in the um, industry, pharmaceutical companies seek him out to kind of influence other physicians in prescribing habits for their drugs. And so I deal with that side of it. So he's a very, very busy guy, all mm-hmm. that said. So I don't really speak to him that much. My conversations are interesting. I don't know if he's pretty brilliant and sometimes brilliant people they know what they're talking about but you might be like what the hell are you talking about um but (laughs) need um, a translator yeah exactly (laughs) but he's he's awesome at what he does but he did tell me the other day when I told him that I had tested positive for COVID he was like everyone's gonna get this Omicron and he said but I predict by 
March, everyone that pretty much will have had it will have had it, even if they didn't know they had it, and it'll start to, I guess, subside, and we won't see. Yeah, well, actually, um, yeah, that's what we've heard as well, and my husband, oh, well, should we maybe go out and get it, you know, on purpose? I'm like, no, honey. Well, it's funny you say that, because, so my daughter tested positive. I tested all three of us when... At that time, she was the only one that tested positive because her she share she has two homes. So her biological mother she's with half of the week, and then mm-hmm. the other half of the week she's with me and her father. And so she was at our house for Christmas Day. The next day, her mom called and said, "I'm not feeling that great. Can you hold on to Ari because she was supposed to go back to her mom's that day?" And she said, "I'm going to get a test." And then she tested positive. So I tested the three of us. Ari was the only one positive that day. So she actually went back. Her mom picked her up and she quarantined with her mom because Mm -hmm. we were negative at that point. I started feeling really crappy. And so I tested myself again. Two days later, I was positive. My husband never got it. I tested him multiple times. Well, he tested himself. Um, So he was kind of in the basement and I was in the bedroom on the third floor. I will say, I don't think he was that heartbroken that he had to spend all that time in his man cave. No one bothering him. Like, he's like, I have an excuse to just sit on my Xbox and, and whatever. But um, what about was, you, though? Were you probably stir crazy up there? Yeah, you know what? We had just moved in um, to our new place about a month and some change before that. Right. So I was literally doing all of the projects that I had been putting off and unpacking all the boxes. So um, it actually was great. Because I was forced to do that stuff, the boring stuff. I got, I did the exciting stuff, the decorating, but the unboxing summer clothes, the, you know, that we didn't need yet, those in boxes and doing the guest room, which I had made my own like personal, like, oh, I'll get to this later space. I kind of cleared that out and got everything <laughs> done. Well, so, so, but my husband never got it. to it. Yeah, there you, was an yeah. upside to it, but uh, he, he must never. must not have felt too shitty then. No, no, I, I didn't, I didn't feel shitty at all. I. The first day I remember, I was like, why am I so tired? Mm -hmm. For the first like two days, I was like, I'm so tired. And then I tested positive and I was like, that must be why I'm tired. The next day after that, I went to make a, (laughs) my husband makes a joke. Like when I have a problem with like a customer service issue, he tends to walk away in the store. He's like, I'm not with her. But I always start (laughs) off nice. I really do. I start off really pleasant. Because I was in retail. So anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. I started off pleasant. But um, then he's like, when customer service Lauren comes out, I just go the other way. So oh, um, so anyway, Verizon F something up. And so I had to call them. And I was like losing my voice. And my husband's like, just stop. So anyway, I eventually kind of lost my voice for only like a day, bad sore throat. Mm-hmm. And then it was just a cough and like sneeze for like the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. But never did I feel like And you'd had your terrible. booster too? or I'd had my you, booster. Yeah, so that makes a big difference. My daughter got it um, and she had not had her booster yet. She was mm-hmm. scheduled to have it mm-hmm. on the 27th of December. But she came down with certainly Omicron, you know, the week before Christmas. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so she really had the sore throat badly. Oh, okay. No, thankfully, we're, we're boosted. My daughter wasn't boosted. She wasn't able to get a booster yet, so she didn't have it. But she had the everything 
that I just described she had two mm-hmm. days earlier. Yeah. Well, you got it out of the way and yeah. you built up more antibodies. Yeah, so. but I low-key was like, well, if he, my husband, I didn't want him going to anyone's homes mm-hmm. um, just in case, even yeah, though we were he quarantined. Could, yeah, he could be a carrier. Yeah, him. exactly. So he was kind of at home. So I kind of was like, I kind of wanted him to get it because I'm like, you're already at home. You might as well get it now. Like we're sitting here, you know, and we can get this done with, but he never got it. Well, I don't know if your husband's like many and don't get mad at me listeners, but men can be big babies when they're sick. And And thankfully he doesn't get sick often. I think I remember him getting sick two times while we've been married. He's got a great, I guess, immune system or, but um, I was like, what the hell? I mean, and it really wasn't even that serious. He never had a fever or anything, but I was like, oh gosh, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. No. Big, well, it's big, really big, interesting. Big. It's obvious that Omicron is a lot more contagious because nobody that I've talked to, you know, and I'm into what, maybe the seventh interview for mm-hmm. this podcast has had COVID at all. And now all of a sudden, now right. that Omicron has come along, you know, more people yeah. have had it. And uh, so I feel lucky that none of my friends and acquaintances got COVID before. Right, exactly. Well, now they're getting it. My brother had it. Um, my younger brother had it when it was not Omicron. He had it when it was the original COVID or like whatever. before the vaccine, <laughs> before which the is vaccine. Terrifying. Yeah. And he was not well. It was, it was very scary, but um, did he end up in the hospital? No, he just, he was just in the, one of the rooms, the guest room in their house mm-hmm. for like two weeks mm-hmm. and just really bad. But um, this time around when we got it, so not only, so Ari was with us on Christmas Day, and so she passed that off to me, also passed that off to my brother and his family and the in-laws, my sister-in-law's parents that I was talking about. They got it. Uh-huh. Um, my dad got it. My mom didn't get it. I don't know how that happened. So her and my husband were the only two that didn't get it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but everybody else got it. That's that tight-knit family. <laughs> yeah. We're, we share everything. Share everything. everything. <laughs> share everything. Yeah. But everyone's okay now, thankfully. And the girls got extended. Uh, so Ari was supposed to go back to school, but she tested positive on the 27th. And so protocol is for Princeton School District, at least. It, it changes from district, from what I understand, um, 10 days. So she couldn't go back. So after break was over, she had another week of, of school. But they did remote for her, oh, that's um, thankfully. So uh, schooling must have the, over this whole thing must oh have my been gosh. so difficult. It's so, and I get an email every day from the principal. He emails all of the parents about. There's at least two kids every day. At least two kids because they're very big on their tracing. You have to do a form every time before your child gets to school, an online form. Oh, wow. A questionnaire, it's 10 questions about how they feel, if they've been tested positive, if they've been in contact with anyone that's positive, they've traveled. And so we get a report every day, and there's there's at least two students. And then what they do is they contact everyone that's had close contact with that individual. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what the what they mean by close contact because they're all in school together, but yeah. they somehow notify everyone. So mm-hmm. there's been an email every day. So you feel like they've done a pretty good job? I do. In the overall scheme of things, that's one of the horror stories that we hear over and over. Yeah. And it's causing all this you know, parental upheaval. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, parents look like demons spawn out there, you know, know. just the way they're behaving, you know, but 
But you understand also that they're worried about their children. I mean, everybody, their child is the child. Sure. Uh, sure. So. Yeah. It's, well, it's like, it's you know, you want to everything to, to be do. done, but this is new for the administration too. Mm-hmm. So they're doing the best they can. And well, it's good to hear that at least Princeton schools are doing a pretty good job of yeah. keeping people up abreast of the situation. Yeah. It's tough. Do you feel like she's falling behind or any mm-hmm. of those? I mean, not just her, mm-hmm. but no, that they've I, lost that year? I did, I did feel that year would have been much different had she, I, I often said to my husband, I'm so glad this isn't her like junior or senior year of high school. Oh Those my, are the kids yeah. where I was like, uh, like seventh grade. I mean, all, all grades are important, mm-hmm. but I feel like if she was a, a very new mm-hmm. student, if she was a first grader, you know, where you're learning to be a student as mm-hmm. well as learning new things or a junior or senior where these are really important times if they decide to further their education, um, you know, or even athletes trying to get scholarships Definitely. for college. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, so those are the ones I felt like probably it affected more so. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I work from home, so I was with Ariana while she did her schooling. In fact, her mom didn't work at home, so we switched the schedule so she could be with us during the majority of the week just to have someone there because the Zoom calls were great until your kid couldn't get the audio to work. And sometimes it kind of sent her in a little bit of a panic. She can stay at home by herself and do everything by herself. But I feel like if she didn't have some guidance in some of those, she might have felt very overwhelmed more than it's, it was a big adjustment. So mm-hmm. more yeah. than it already was. So I feel bad for those. Like I thought I often thought about single moms or just one parent households, you know, or single dads or grandparents, you know, that just are maybe not as savvy in that technology, maybe had to go to work mm-hmm. and did, couldn't be there to assist their children in their learning. Um, yeah, I often thought about those kids, but thankfully we didn't have that. Yeah, that's 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 a really lucky thing. And I know that, you know, your family is really into sports. Uh, yeah. Ari's into sports. And yeah. So when were they able to pick back up, you know, so she plays... Um, she plays football and basketball, mm-hmm. and then she also does dancing and competitive dancing too. Mm-hmm. So um, we stopped. We didn't play basketball. So football, like... Soccer football? Oh, no, no, we play football, flag football. (laughs) Flag football, Um, okay. It's it's actually the NFL has a flag football league. Oh, nice. Um, So we are a part of that. We actually coach her in flag football, and we coach her in basketball. So that winter before COVID, I guess that's 2019. 2019, yeah. uh um, Basketball season ended in January of 2020, so that was fine. Um, We were planning on starting football in spring of 2020, but... That got canceled, of course, because of COVID. So didn't do that. So, yeah, we found other ways. My husband also has a football organization called the Path Academy. And yeah, so that's, I wanted to hear more about that because that sounded really cool. And when I publish this, you know, I want to provide links to the listeners, oh. you know, so they can learn sure, more about those yeah. kinds of volunteer organizations. So yeah. yeah, so Path Academy, it's an acronym. It stands for Performance at attitude, technique, and habits. So I love that. This is for young men ages 18. I think some of our oldest guys, we have guys in their 30s. Um, wow. And it's mainly football. We have a football team, the Path Academy Pirates, but essentially it's a mentoring program. It's a community program. We do a lot of community outreach, volunteer work, Trenton Soup Kitchen, and usually in the Trenton area, that's where we're based out of Hamilton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to get back to that community. And um, But it's also my husband helps 
mentor these young men. Maybe they want to transition to school, which we have a program or partnership with Fortis Institute right in Lawrenceville to help them there. If they're looking to further their career, we have scouts and an agency that we work for to help them there. Um, Some of them just didn't know what they wanted to do, and we've had with safe fence we've trained them to be employees for us so it's um it's a group it's like a family but it's but we also use athletics to uh gather the guys and also give them an outlet yeah that's, that's really cool and your your husband started that or yes wow yep he started that that's impressive <laughs> yeah he used to coach for he coached for west windsor plainsboro high school north and then he coached for trenton high school and then he decided to start this organization but you coach as well. I do. I coach for, I assist him with Path Academy. I'm not, I don't coach the men, but I do mm-hmm. coach Ariana's teams. So I coach the girls ba- uh, basketball team for Ewing Rec League. And then our Robbinsville based um, NFL flag program, in which case we were the only all girls team in the league. Um, mm-hmm. We played against all boys teams and they did exceptional. It was awesome. It I, was great. That's it fantastic. Was, they beat the boys. Beat the boys. And that was our <laughs> campaign. That was the hashtag that my husband used in every um, photo he posted. But it was great to, number one, just work with these young ladies. Number two, show them that they can do anything that they want to do, you know, no matter if their gender or, you know, whatever. And it was actually great. The girls were hilarious. It's, these are girls aged 11 to 13 for Ari's team, but we also, they didn't have a coach for the younger girls. So we decided, my husband decided that we would coach them as well. So we coached the younger um, girls team as well. So we had two different teams. And mm-hmm. what age groups were those? That was eight to 10. Oh, cute. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't have used that word. That <laughs> well, <Cute. laughs> well, that's funny you say that. So one time we were playing a game and a couple of the girls came over to me and they're like, coach, the, the ref keeps calling us sweetie and, um, honey. And, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Oh, and they're like inappropriate. I was like, absolutely. Oh, I love that. I was like, um, you guys don't have numbers because they just have generic jerseys. So I was uh-huh. like, you guys don't have numbers. So he can't, and he doesn't know your name. I know it was inappropriate too. I was trying to be, you know, <laughs> diplomatic in a way um but also I said but yes and then they quickly pointed out to me they're like the boys don't have numbers and he doesn't know their names he's not calling them sweetie I was like you're absolutely right and so I did (laughs) make a promise that I would take that up with the reps I did keep the promise I just waited till the end of the season because Mm -hmm. he is the reps of our games and we don't want him to have a skewed opinion um but it was amazing to see girls that age, you know, just be like, hey. I you love know. that. Yeah. Becoming so much more aware. Yeah, such it's little been, feminists. It's true. I love it. You know, my niece has been really ingraining that into her her daughter, who's now five, and then even the, the two newborns, you know, sure. I just know that they're going to be aware. And I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, so, so that's really cool. Um, so just back to that. Did you start observing what did the uh, ref say to the boys? How did he... I mean, he would say guys or like fellas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or buddy. Buddy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, there were different refs. Some of the refs, these were also refs. One of the refs remembered my older brother. My uh-huh. older brother is 49 years old. So uh-huh. these are guys I also explained to my, my girls that, you know, these are refs that have been in a time where that was 
a compliment to them to call a girl a sweetie, a gal. Mm-hmm. If a guy called you a sweetie, they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm doing you a favor. Like, look at, like, hey, sweetie. My dad still does it. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, at the diner, like, he's like, hey, honey, can I just, and I'm like, she's not your honey. You yeah. don't know her in an affectionate way. She is your waitress. So she's mm-hmm. got a name tag on. Uh-huh. And, you know. Yeah, call her by it. her name if yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. And- just like he gets offended when someone calls him Pops or Grandpa. <laughs> I'm like, you don't like it, right? Yeah, because you're not their grandpa. She's not your honey. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. That's so mm-hmm. funny. Um, yeah, so you said you volunteer for Homefront and the Trentonary Soup Kitchen. But mm-hmm. uh, the other one that you mentioned was the Red Queen Foundation. What's that? So, yeah, so my friend Tawanda that actually right. introduced me, the one that volunteers at Easel, started at Red, Red Queen Foundation about say it's got to be seven years and it's to help women in this area a lot of times when they ask for donations people donate clothes um, shoes and a lot of times women need things for sanitation for their periods right pads Mm -hmm. and you know tampons and you know refreshing things and no one thinks to volunteer that and so she kind of it started off just volunteering because she knew a lot of people in the area that wanted to give to the community, had clothes and such. And then she started, she was like... So it's like he- feminine hygiene. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So when, when she started speaking to the women that she was actually giving these things to, they said, what we really need, you know, what Women's Space and then the other places that she is in, works with said... We need feminine products. And mm-hmm. so she started off doing a drive. And um, this year we actually did it, collected the items. We either collected money and bought things with it at Sam's, you know, and made individual bags. Now that COVID is kind of tricky, so we individually bagged them and then dropped them off. Um, we actually did that two days before Christmas, dropped them off to Women's Space and to Homefront. And then also, she still does for men, too. So we went to the Salvation Army down in Trenton and donated some things there. But it's great. She's a local. She's from the area, and she gives back a lot. I love that, and yeah. Red Queen Foundation. Yeah, so um, so if they have a website, I would... Uh, yes. I'll put a link. Yes. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah, one of my other uh, gals that was a guest, Julie Denny, she was involved with Women's Space. She uh-huh. volunteers there, and yeah. uh, so... So we already have that information available for Perfect. listeners about about that, which is really wonderful. It is. It's you know. wonderful. Yeah. All, all the places. Yeah, home front's great. I'm actually going to, we recently moved to the new area. Like I was telling you, it's not really a new area. It's like five minutes from where I used to live. But, um, <laughs> and but my, those boxes are still in that? <laughs> yeah. In your backyard. <laughs> yes, exactly. She volunteers at home front doing a, she teaches the young la- young ladies and gentlemen how to sew. That's something she's done for years. She was a seamstress. She's, mm-hmm. She um, did that for a while. So and that's anyway. a real basic skill a lot of people do not have. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I just raised my hand. All right. <laughs> my, uh, you know what? We learned in life skills. My mom taught me a bit. I can, like, put a button on something. I can, I can sew up a little hole. In I can, I can hem something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even though I was in the fashion industry and worked with, that was a different, that was the design side and I was on the marketing side so I didn't do classes in that but um, once she found out that that's what I did we were just chit-chatting and she said oh I work at Homefront we do this class I teach the you know them how to sew and I said I'd love to help volunteer you know volunteer help and she said if you could kind of teach them how to market what they sew 
that would be that would be beneficial. And so I plan on doing that in a couple months when well, that really has sort of thrown us off our loop. We're here we were pla- making all these plans. Right. It's like, oh, it's, you know, yeah. we got our vaccines, blah, blah, blah. And then you know. we were going to have our, it was our 10-year anniversary um, in 20, 2021. And so we were planning, when we first got married, we had a small wedding in my parents' backyard. And I promised everyone that wasn't invited, we're going to have a 10-year anniversary oh renewal of the vows, this, is that. And so we couldn't, of course, do that because of COVID, so... Bummer, man. Yeah, we'll figure out a different year. (laughs) But yeah. 15. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about it. And then my husband's like, why do we have to be, why can't we just do it on an odd year? You know, he's like, you wanted to get married on a Monday. We got married on a Monday. It'd kind of be fitting if we had like a 13th, you know, 13 (laughs) year. It wouldn't be right if we did like 10, 15, 20, whatever. So 13 is fun. Yeah. Why not? Do a Friday the 13th? Yeah. 13 years. Right. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Like thumb your nose at right. fate. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Take that. Right. You make our own rules. Yes. Yeah. The other thing that you know, was interesting to me is, you know, as you had said, you had to pause your business, but you're restarting your business plan now. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I had already had the website. Mm-hmm. I already What's the name of it again? Eighth Element. Eighth Element. Yeah. yeah. So there's seven just kind of came up with that idea that name one day when I was brainstorming there's seven it's called the seven design elements when you look at design and so I was like I'm the eighth element that one that's missing that's me (laughs) you know so but it's home organization and decor Mm -hmm. so I actually am one of those people who like to organize it's like therapeutic to Mm -hmm. me and and I can relate and a lot of people don't like to organize. Mm-hmm. You know, they like it organized, you know, and yes. you can keep it organized. Mm-hmm. But it, it can be, and I can see why, it can be overwhelming. And and so I'm like, why not do that? And I enjoy it. And, you know, there's a need for it. And so I, and then on the other side, the decor side, I kind of, they kind of go hand in hand. And I really do just I love do. Um, decor. I love pricing things out and finding items. I guess that's part of my merchandising side of what I did in fashion. And so I'm leaning towards that. And now that Ariana's older, you know, I'll still, I'll still work for the endocrinologist just because I love, I love what I do and it's so flexible. And um, flexibility is, is really helpful and key right now, particularly with Ariana and your other things that you're involved in. Exactly. Gives you the freedom to do that and do that. Exactly. In a full-throated way. <laughs> exactly. So now I'll just, you know, I'll just be moving into that. And then hopefully that will take off, you know, as far as I would like it to go. You know, so we'll see. It's a new adventure. I'm excited for it. That's really cool. It's, it's nice that you have a prospect like that, that you can, uh, yeah. you know, that you can build on and look forward to. And I have a list of people who are like, home organization? What? Put me on the list. So I already have, I already have a good amount of people that um, are lined up and ready to go. So that's exciting. And then my husband's been promoting me. You know, he's in people's homes all the time. So he's like, I'll leave your business cards when you're ready. that's a nice little link right there. Yeah, it is. So. Yeah, well, I was listening to, uh, I was something on WNYC, and they were talking, this one woman was calling in about, in order to even get anything done, she has to have, I think it was about writing in writer's block, and she said, I just, I can't start writing until I have everything around me organized, and 
the woman who, who was she was calling in to talk to was saying, "You're just procrastinating. <laughs> you know, you're just using that as a as something that, right of a, to avoid doing right." So she needs to get you in there so right. she can get it organized so she doesn't have to procrastinate anymore and help her with her writer's block. Yeah, Organ- I mean, honestly, I don't know how people can function in chaos but some people are okay with like for yeah. instance when I'm cooking I I clean up behind myself my mom cooks and it's like the Tasmanian devil just rolled through <laughs> the kitchen but what her and when I asked her one time it was funny I said mom like how do you cook like this because in my head I'm like that's so much to clean up after that's overwhelming to me and she said if I don't leave it like this I feel like I haven't done anything you know, like, I feel like if I see all this, it's like, I know, you know, I did all this. I don't know if that was to show my dad, like, look, I've been working my ass off. You better be thankful for this. Or I don't know what it was. But in her mind, she's like, if it's all neat and organized every, you know, by the time I'm done, it's almost feels like I haven't done all of the stuff that I've done. And I was like, that's, so that's amazing. I don't give a shit who thinks I didn't do anything. I know what I did, but I also know when I'm done cooking, I don't want to start scrubbing dishes. But I have a 13-year-old and a husband for that too, but still I like to... No, I'm with you 100%. And fortunately, my husband is too. Um, and we we cook very well together. Mm-hmm. And we both... Nice. We don't want to be faced... We want to sit down to your meal and Wait. not know that you've got to go in and clean up a disaster. Fast. So, yeah. you know, we love the meals that we've come up with where we can actually clean behind ourselves yes. so that when we put that meal on the plate it's done and yeah. then we can eat and then we, we can, can go eat. sit on the couch and just eat chocolate be, be full <laughs> yes and eat chocolate yes yeah so I'm, you and i are cut from the same cloth in that regard so my I, husband is not cut from the same cloth as your husband because he oh. does not get in the kitchen with me uh, well he says to people i mean i am a bit of a control freak in general oh yeah you so, said you're passionate about cooking yeah so maybe so i like things a certain way <laughs> he tried to cook for me a couple of times and he will tell everyone when i'm like oh i do the cooking in the house he always chimes in he's like well, I tried, but she doesn't like how I cook. Um, like, he made <laughs> three things, himself. and they're, like, three things I don't even like to eat. Even though I know how to make Puerto Rican food, I don't like Spanish food like that. It's mm-hmm. not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, like, a bean eater or anything like that, so I'm not really. But um, anyway, he's safe because he's like, I tried. I'm done. That ship is sailed. So it's usually <laughs> just me in the kitchen, but he's very good when I'm done. I'm like, there are the dishes, and he, he will oblige me mm-hmm. and clean them. It's yeah. a good, it works. That's great. It works. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't like a disaster. Right? No. Well, you know, um, my byword that I or told my daughter ever since she was tiny um, to live by is the best friend of the you of tomorrow is the you of today. That's a good one. And so, yeah. you know, so the best friend of the you after dinner yes, is the, the you, you while you're cooking. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true because the last thing you want to do is like, is get up and clean after you've sat and had a nice Well, it's the same meal. with parties. I don't want to yes. go to bed with a disaster. Yes. So I'll just stay up after people are gone and just clean it up because I want to get it. Even if I'm three sheets of the wind, I'm still going to clean but it But at least you I enjoy. And I had to I had to purposely now, when, when having company, because like I said, my family's here. I grew up in the area. I have a lot of friends. We constantly have people over and... I had to remind myself one day I was at my parents' house and my dad is one of those people who can't stand, he's like me. Mm-hmm. And so when people come over, I notice he's always picking up and cleaning and 
I, I like looked at him one time and I'm like, he's missing everything. You know, you're missing everything when you're picking up. And yes, I get not wanting to clean up after because mm-hmm. you just want to go to sleep when everyone leaves, you know, right. but you're kind of missing the whole point. If you're sitting there picking up, cleaning up, wiping the counter, making sure this plate is in the dishwasher, you're missing the whole thing, uh-huh. you know, then you might as well, you know, not have everyone over. You're missing the joy and just the company and so I had to tell myself that because I, after I saw him, it's just one day and I was looking at him and I was like, I am kind of like that. And I'm like, I'm going to, I make a conscious effort to mm-hmm. not do that because I'm in focus and the dishes aren't going to go yeah, anywhere. Like, true. but I'll never have this time back again. So. Yeah. So interesting. You should point that out. Cause I'm kind of, I'm kind of like your father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are, yeah. you know, and so you just, I, I, I am too. That's why I make a conscious effort. I really have yeah. to be like. Oh, sit down and like look at like my niece and nephews playing together and you know, be in the conversation and listen to the joke. I'm mean, gonna be stuck in the kitchen washing dishes that aren't going anywhere, you know? Yeah. Well, um we're real well into this and I could talk to you forever, really, because yeah. I'm just so pleased to have met you. This is one of those lucky things, you know, we look at back on over the pandemic and you know, things that they've it's taken away, but things that it's brought. And uh, for me, it, you know, it's brought meeting new people like you. And uh, it's, it's really been great. Right. Thanks, little sick fox. <laughs> oh, poor Sorry boy. you had to be sick, but I'm happy I met Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> so any closing thoughts or things you'd like, you know, to say, no. you know, about the future? <laughs> no, I would just say, like I said, be present, be in the moment. If nothing else, this horrible, you know, pandemic that we've had and people have thankfully I haven't but I know plenty of people who have lost people who you know just have had hardships with work and and essential workers and just all these things like life is very short um so be in the present live in the moment and look around and be thankful for everything that you have yeah thanks again and um for anybody listening hope you tune in next week and in the meantime stay connected